The Trek Geeks Podcast Network is proud to have Fansets as its presenting sponsor. Fansets is the place for amazing pin collectibles with over 300 officially licensed Star Trek pins and new releases every month. Stay tuned for a special discount code. Good on your next order at fansets.com just for discovering Trek listeners. Fansets, our pins have character. Well, hello, Discovering Trek listeners. Casey and Sarah here, and this is Discovering Trek Enterprise. Welcome to the first frontier. The two of us here are breaking down another episode of Enterprise. This is the first full series watch through for me, and it's a rewatch for Casey. Good on you, buddy. Today we are ripping to shreds episode nine, Civilization. This episode traveled over the airways into your TV unit about 20 years ago on November 14th, 2001. One, 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 one. If you haven't watched this episode, I'm not sure what to tell you right now. Y'all had time to do it, so don't be mad or whatever about spoilers. Just move on. Watch it. You know where to find it. I'm not going to list all the places. That's it. <laughs> we hope you have enjoyed our non-warning spoiler warning. Warning, warning, warning. Warning, warning. Oh, man. Well, hey, everybody, you know, before we discuss civilization, we want to hear from our listeners about their thoughts on everything Enterprise, and I mean everything. So how can you get in touch with us for your thoughts on this first season of Star Trek Enterprise? Oh my gosh. If you're looking to communicate with us, there's so many ways you can do that. There's trekgeeks.com slash contact and there's Twitter and Facebook and ICQ and Yammer. All you have to do is search for discovering Trek. Heck, if you want to send a Raven, go for it. I don't know how far it's going to make it for some of these places, but you know, no offense, Ravens. We welcome all your questions and comments. You can also leave us a voicemail. Yikes. Um, <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. No, you can also leave us a voicemail by visiting our website at trekgeeks.com and click on that big blue button. Remember, though, any comments you leave might be used in a future episode of Discovering Trek. All right, Hi. so we're gonna get we're gonna get right into it with with the pie. So last time you went savory. Mm. Which, my friend, sounded really good, but I I couldn't I couldn't top that for this one. So okay. I went right back with an old standby, and it's just Dutch apple pie, okay, with sharp cheddar on top. Mm. And what, my friend Sarah, what are you thinking for your slices of pie this week? For uh, two kind of cold not really tasty little stale pieces of pie yeah. this episode sucked i'm sorry yeah um i yeah i'm a i'm a, a tad bit over on that i was between two and two and a half slices okay. just because i was like well uh, okay but um yeah this episode felt uh very eh, and eh. just f and fell flat for me it fell flat that's a great Very way to look at it. 
But you know what doesn't fall flat? My your, rhymes. Your most awesome rhyming. Buster rhymes up in here, people. Wah, 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 wah. All right, here we go. The captain wants an update. He's looking for a gem. We found several things, including a planet class M. The group is excited. There's giggles and cheer. Let's get down there and look. We haven't a fear. T'Pol doesn't like it. We should only just watch. But we can make ourselves look like them with the help of Doc Flocks. Before they go down, they get something strange. Some readings of neutrino emissions not far out of range. The four all go down in clothes and fun cloaks. They try to blend in with the alien folks. The episode is bland. I'm not into it much. I assume someone's bad, and that's just my hunch. A woman spots Archer. She wants to know stuff. He stands in the sunshine trying to look buff. She says folks are sick, some even dying. The guy in the shop is an alien spying. He says he's all good, but we know he's bad. An alien ship is near and getting real mad. Again, I lost focus. Folks think Archer's dead? I'm really quite tired. I should just go to bed. But the episode ends and the planet is fine. My apologies for not giving this episode more time. Wow. That was fantastic. <laughs> There's a little reality thrown into that one about just like, I lost focus. I'm not paying attention. I don't know what happened. Someone thinks this, that's how this episode, episode captured me. And I wanted to convey that in my rhyme. <laughs> well, that's what it should be. These yeah. are, you know, honest assessments of what our thinking is. Yeah. And so absolutely. All right. Oh, I'm going to hit that beaming like transporter just beamed us in for some transporter thoughts. Ooh, I like that. So, hmm. Uh, thoughts on thoughts on this episode, you know? Uh, I I I hear you with the um keeping one's att- this very formula for me. I feel like I've seen this episode a hundred times. Yeah. Yeah. And that was where this is insurrection. Mm. Oh, oh, there you go. Yeah. I mean, this is so many, that story of the the nice planet with nice people doing nice things and we're going to hide and help them because someone's doing something bad. It's very. Yeah. Been there, been there, done that. that. You got to have some pretty outstanding uh, either comedy or action to stand out with a plot of this type, in my opinion. I hear you. I hear you. I, I mean, and this, the, the Rion character is like the saving grace for me because she is strong enough that no matter what Archer, like Archer, stay here. Don't do this. Do whatever. She's like, I'm going to do whatever the heck I want because mm-hmm. I'm smart. I'm mm-hmm. a scientist and I know you're full of BS. I know you're lying to me left and right. Um, you know, she basically in that little, you know, foresty firefight, Kind of saves Archer. You yeah, know. I don't even remember that. Yeah, you know, she puts herself out there a little bit, a little bit of a target for alien yeah. person, and alien. The aliens here. Okay, wouldn't this maybe have been a cool opportunity for the aliens to be Zindi mm. and come back onto that? Because I kept thinking about it. I'm like, okay, there's this. You know, alien species that mm-hmm. supposedly has some connection to, uh, you know, TOS, I think a long time later in just a mention of being killed by Nomad, I believe. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. And the apothecary, I'm sorry, every time that came up, I just thought of David Rose. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, 
I like I like seeing people leave the ship and and out of uniform. I I always enjoy that. I enjoy that element of um you know, oh look it's Paul's got hair and she's hiding her ears and they're trying to it's an awkward thing for for them because they're so used to being in uniform and being a certain way. So I always enjoy the episodes where they're getting to kind of explore different personalities and and parts of themselves, but um this was I'm I'm so sorry yeah. Scott Bakula, I'm so sorry Archer, but the kiss fell flat and you're not that charming and you weren't that uh, this is supposed to be his episode for him to carry and he didn't yeah. carry it and so yeah i mean no big you deal know, i found so um i found this information which i because th- i also thought yeah well, a lot of acting in here fell flat and this episode was in production on the tuesday of uh, september 11th 2001 oh my god so yeah, so oh, okay, yeah. So hard to be at work when um, that's happening, right? So hard to that be at work makes a lot that. of sense. They let them go for the day, but then brought them back in the day after to continue <sighs> working. And um, Mike Sussman, and this is in the Blu-ray stuff, uh, states that you know he can't watch the episode as he can see in the footage all the enthusiasm and the light from the actors' eyes just go out. There's nothing there. Well, you know, that makes so much sense because I've, we've watched how, this is what, episode 10 now? We've watched 10 episodes. Some are great. Some are not great. But it was never because of this reason. Mm -hmm. There was always a, almost overacting in some cases. Or to say that this is, to describe it as it's flat and there's no spark would be the best way to describe it. And then to hear that. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I would not. I I can't even. I'm shocked to think that they even would ask them to come in the next day. Money, 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 money talks. Well, it's true, and it's yeah. That's an eye opener, isn't it? So, that gives that that gives me mad respect for them for for then even just being able to get through it. You know, like I take back what I say about Scott Bakula's acting because this is the first time I've seen him where it's been this flat. Usually he's just kind of mm-hmm. annoying and is annoying kind of quirky character written way. Um, so that, yeah. Wow. I'm really glad you found that information because it just sheds a whole new light on the episode. It really does. I hear you. I didn't know about this until I had watched the episode once and then went and found this information and then watched it again. And um, it didn't change my disappointment in the episode, mm-hmm. but then I go, I, I get it. This mm-hmm. is where, you know what? Your mind is somewhere else. Your thoughts are somewhere else. The, the deep emotions that mm-hmm. actors have to get themselves into to be able to do so this. Like if you, if you just can't get to that well at that yeah. particular time and you're being forced yeah. <laughs> to do, to do the work, to do the gig. Hey, you know what? It's what you get. I, it makes me want to change up some of my, to clarify, I give this episode writing two and a half slices of pie and I give the acting a six because the fact that they were able to show up and do their job under such horrible circumstances says a lot. So there you go. There you go. I hear you. It, it, this almost reminds me of like the, 
quote unquote rumors of Harrison Ford. Basically it was either the second or third time for the voiceover for Blade Runner where he was, he was not having it. And mm-hmm. you know, I mean, contractually he had to do it, but gave allegedly a very flat performance, mm-hmm. hoping it wouldn't be used. And I could, I could see things going on where if you like, guys, are we, are we really going to just keep doing this? Mm-hmm. And then if you're putting in a 13, 14, 15 hour day on a TV show and then getting tired. Yeah. Can congrats to the actors for doing the best they possibly could in a really yeah. cruddy situation. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Uh, we've been beamed. We've, we've been beamed. But hey, Discovering Trek listeners, right now, we're taking a bit of time to thank our friends over at Fansets for being the exclusive sponsor on Discovering Trek. The Fansets peeps are always working to put out the best product available and continue to surprise us with new designs and product releases. There are more great products out right now. There's the Women of Trek pins, pins from all the series, including Super Cool Doomsday Machine pin. I dig that pin. Picard episode pins, deltas, just a ton of stuff, and a lot of non-Trek stuff like Scooby-Doo, Batman 66, DC Bombshells, and Ultraman. In fact, like last week, I bought the Pinfolio Pro Fansets pin case because I was like, where am I going to put all this stuff so I can show it and have it and see it instead of a stupid cardboard box over in the corner there? Nice. There are tons of pins and accessories for you at fansets.com. So how about right after listening to our melodic voices, go directly to fan sets because our voices are sent from heaven and maybe some pins will be sent from heaven too. No, they're sent from some other place in the U.S. But hey, load up your cart, enter the special code word in all caps, discovering Trek, no spaces, and get an amazing 10% off your entire order. And remember, people, if you're in the U.S. and you spend more than $30, You'll also get free shipping. Fansets. Our pins have character. And we thank our friends at Fansets for being the presenting sponsor of the Trick Geeks Podcast Network. All right. As someone in a whole different movie tent pole situation said, said, listen, do you smell something? And I'm smelling chef's special of the day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Painful. It is. Hey. We just lost two, two listeners. Oh, <laughs> we're down to one. Oh, gosh. Ah. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> um, thinking about this episode and everything going on. So basically, I mean, we're, this is technically episode nine, but 10 with the, the two-parter pilot. So we're almost halfway through the first season. And I kind of, it things finally hit me of why I don't, I'm not particularly fond of the first season of Enterprise. And it's that the episodes are episodic. And it's almost if you don't see them in the order in a particular order, it almost doesn't matter because to me there's so little character development going on or arcs happening. I mean the Zindi, we see them at the very beginning and then like nothing for a big chunk of time. So I, I, I mean, that that one finally hit me. It's like, God, we had those deep, awesome mini arcs, big arcs, entire things with DS9. And I keep 
I keep going back to that in my head. Uh, that's the storytelling that I prefer, where things actually build and have importance and that we see progress going on uh, throughout the storyline and the characters and that episodes aren't interchangeable. I mean, we need consequences for things good and or bad of, you know, what's happening. I mean, are right now, are the Klingons using that holodeck technology to plot, you know, against Starfleet? Nothing. There's it, and you don't need these callbacks right away. But for me, it just kept coming back to stuff is so interchangeable that some some of these for me they don't matter. It don't matter what order you watch them in. Yeah, I you know I I don't mind episodic if it's done well and they fully admit and embrace the fact that they're episodic, but the, this is like, they're trying to do both. Like it, it doesn't seem to work for some reason in some episodes. I think it would have been so cool if they had done this series where the first half of the episode is about Archer and his team and whatever they're into, but then you're getting part of the episode or whole standalone episodes that are, this is the Vulcan episode and it's them trying like talking about what Archer and his crew are up to. And then it's the Klingons mm. talking about who are these humans that we're meeting. And like, wouldn't that have been a really cool way to have gained some perspective about other species and the way they have a daily life or mm-hmm. a look at things is because that's the big whole Star Trek universe is that there's Starfleet and humans are, they've done so well and they've created this community of all these species and aren't we great? And everyone likes us, but, when they first came out, nobody knew them from anything and had mm-hmm. opinions of them. So I would love to have known a bit more about like, you know, remember that yeah. time we met that archer guy and those humans, what's the deal with them? Should we go check out this earth place? Is this something we should be scared of? And like, that'd been a really cool way to have done mm-hmm. the series is to have had standalone episodes that didn't even involve archer and them, but it was those Klingons that we've met or those Vulcans that we keep spotting and, and them plotting, like we're going to spy on them. Give it mm-hmm. that depth. I hear you, you root for archer. You know? Do you think? Do you think they didn't do that because they had just spent a ton of dough on the Enterprise sets, um, and they were like going, literally, we wouldn't have a budget to do a one-off of, oh, we have to build a full Klingon bridge or Vulcan bridge or this or that, and that that they just just. Yeah said budget wise we couldn't do that so we can't do those kind of stories yeah i think that enterprise is a great example of what happens when people get really tired because it was tng into ds9 into voyager into enterprise that's a long time and a lot of work and i can only imagine that people just needed a break had they maybe waited a few years build up a lot let Mm -hmm. maybe let voyager have a better finale in my opinion and then (laughs) and then did this i think that there i think it could have been great i think if i think there's still potential for this timeline and this type of crew to be great i'd love to see another shot at a enterprise era tv show with the way that we're seeing discovery in these shows and how successful they are and the the visuals and the wouldn't that be cool to see them come back with the the second ship to go out the columbia you know, and it's like, yeah, an XO2, 
you could you could do stuff there or three or four or five or six. I, I hear you. I mean, reading up on certain things, there was a push for the first season to be earth-based of yeah. where like they're building the ship, they're right. getting stuff going on, they're getting the crew. And boy, I think about that possibility, I go, that really would have separated you mm-hmm. as a show from all these others where, yeah, you don't start off on the ship where we've basically all been on a ship before. And mm-hmm. that was kind of the cool, scary thing about DS9 was like, hey, we're, we're in one spot. People are going to have to come mm-hmm. to us. You know, are people going to like that? Or are they going to expect? But it was like ship, 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 ship. If the first season had been kind of like how Picard was, where you have this mission to find the great people to be on your mission because even yeah. with Voyager they you didn't get enough really when you think about the scene of Janeway going to go find Tom Paris and and and, and coax him into joining and that because I love that it builds that I imagine if they interviewed like four different weird aliens to be the doctor and you like one of them and they don't make it to be the series regular that it goes to flocks and then you meet these yeah. different people and how do we get like a little bit more to lure Hoshi and a little bit more to police people and that's the whole first season is the ships being built these people are being sought so that at that last episode of that first season you see them on the ship ready to go and you're like oh i'm so excited we finally found our crew it took it's like american idol you're voting people out you're trying to figure out who's gonna make it and yeah then you become like invested in it that would have been really cool too i hear you i think that would have been very cool you could have you could then you could have had your vulcan episode like you're talking about and your klingon episodes because they could be saying you know, spending spy, spy missions going, oh, this is going, hey, hey, this Earth, this Earth place is now, they're getting ready to send a warp ship yep. out. And, Let's and try to stop it, it or whatever. Like you can yeah. do anything. It's funny. So, because, yeah, I'm the what yeah. ifs. Ugh. Yeah. And I mean, this goes to show that I'm even just talking about this, I'm getting like jacked up about it. And that means to me, I'm starting to like Enterprise because here I am having watched not a very good episode and I'm disappointed because I've seen, I just came out of watching Breaking the Ice and I loved it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really kind of getting involved in the show now where I'm like, I'm so excited when I have a good episode and that I'm so bummed when there's a bad one, but I have ideas about if they did this instead or did this. And that to me is like, all right, it, it's happening. Like Enterprise is creeping under yes. my skin and I'm yep. I'm getting excited about it. So it's well. it's the emotionally involved yeah, I'm emotionally love, involved now. Love, Don't disappoint me, show. <laughs> love and or hate where it's not just, eh, whatever. Yeah. And, you know, awesome. and, and with this kind of, as we said, eh, episode, once again, major, as we've said, major props to the cast and the crew for working yeah. through a really crappy time yeah. to, and I would have to think, give it their their best shot that they could. Yeah. And, you know, as we all know, being humans, you can give it your best shot and still just fail. There you go. Okay. That's how it goes. But Hey, everyone that does it on our coverage of episode nine civilization. We'll be back next time chatting about episode 10 fortunate son, as we continue to celebrate the 20th anniversary year of enterprise. Until next time, remember that you can subscribe to Discovering Trek by searching for us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or heading to discoveringtrek.com. And you know what? 
our fantastic listeners. You can find us Twitter, Camp Kidderburner on Facebook. Come say mm-hmm. hello. You know it. If you enjoy what we're doing here on Discovering Trek and the Trek Geeks Podcast Network, please consider supporting us on Patreon. As a subscriber, you can get access to the unedited recordings of episodes, as well as exclusive content and great subscriber rewards, like our annual supporters' pins from fansets and our exclusive Trek Geeks Podcast Network t-shirt, among other things. We would like to take a moment to recognize the following amazing producers of Discovering Trek. We are so thankful for their support. The producers are Mike Bovia, Chaz Bradshaw, Kyle Castillo, Craig, Peter Craig, Craig Ewing, Jackie and Chris Hackney, Kimberly Hartman, David Hood, Lionel Marchand, Matt McGonigal, Jim McMahon, Darren Metcalf, Charlie Mulvey, Sean O'Halloran, Jamie Rogers, Chris Tribuzio, Ken Tripp, Christina Werther, and Jess Vashon. The senior producer of Discovering Trek is Jude Tatman. If you'd like to become a producer of Discovering Trek or even get access to the raw audio for Discovering Trek episodes, Come on, head over to patreon.com slash trekgeeks for all the details. And until our next decon chamber jellathon, two to beam out. <laughs> Icky! Get out of here, Casey. Music for Discovering Trek is provided by Five Year Mission. They're writing an original song for each episode of Star Trek. Hear more of their music at fiveyearmission.net. Discovering Trek is a production of Coconut Media Works, executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Look at that.